Hello, and welcome to Appleton Engaged. I'm your host, Timber Smith, DEI coordinator for the city of Appleton. And Appleton Engaged is a podcast that explores the many people, organizations, and resources that make our community a great place to live, work, and play. So whether you're a longtime resident or just getting to know Appleton, join us as we learn more about our community together. Appleton Engaged listeners, how are we doing this week? You are stuck with just me this week. Uh, Andy is gone So I am going to carry the torch solo this week. But nonetheless, it's not about me. What it is about is, once again, we have an amazing, amazing guest with an amazing, amazing resource. So this week's guest is Aaron Schultz Waggy. Executive Director of Soar Fox Cities. Did I get it right? You did. Absolutely spot on. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm actually proud of that. Nice. Yeah. Hey, like it's a skill to get the second part of my last name right. All right. <laughs> so. Facts. All right. Aaron, you ready to jump in? Absolutely. Can you please tell us about yourself and your association with Appleton and the surrounding Fox Cities region? Absolutely. So I, I I am right away. I say I didn't, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately, because this is a great community grow up in the Fox cities or Appleton, but I have throughout my entire life had a connection to the region, whether it was through family, school or work. I've been connected to the Fox Valley in many ways. I got my master's degree in social work from a collaborative program between Oshkosh and Green Bay. And we met here in the Valley at at the UW. Um, I have family that live in the region. And then uh, just about six years ago, I was lucky enough to start a job at Soar Fox Cities. And that has given me the opportunity to get really immersed in the Valley. I'm a Rotarian with the Appleton Club, serve on a couple of other community committees. And it's just really, it has brought me and my heart and my feet to right here in the Valley. So I love it. Okay. You've got lots of connections. I do. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay. Erin, can you please tell us about your resource? Yeah. So Soar Fox Cities has been actually in the Valley for nearly 70 years. We, you know, we started in the 50s with a small group of parents who had loved ones, kiddos that were born with or living with a developmental or intellectual disability. And really sadly at the time, The common notion was that anyone living with an intellectual or developmental disability could not have a full life. You know, they couldn't live independently. They couldn't work. They couldn't have a social life, so on and so forth. So truly, the common notion was that those individuals needed to be institutionalized. We know stories of people where they had their baby and in the hospital, they were said, don't hold them because you will get attached and that will make it harder to put them in an institution. Yes. Like I get a little emotional talking about it because I I cannot, I can't imagine that. And especially knowing the experiences that I've had over the last six years, it's, they were dead wrong in, in the fifties about that. And these parents said the same thing. They said, nope, we, we wholeheartedly disagree. We want something more. So in the 50s, um, actually two organizations were started. Both were ARC or ARC, which is an acronym. And they, it was Ark of Nina Menasha and 
I am completely going to forget the other one. Arc of Outagamie County, excuse me. And so two separate organizations operated within the Valley doing a variety of activities for people, youth and adults living with developmental disabilities. What does ARC stand for? So it used to stand for, and when it was founded, it stood for the Association of Retarded Citizens. Mm. And then I believe it was near in the 70s or 80s, and I could be a little off on that timing, but the ARC is a national organization. They actually changed it. They're still known as the ARC, but it's no longer, they said it's no longer an acronym, and now it's more of like Noah's ARC, and we're the ship to help people overcome their barriers. Got it. Or move through their barriers. Okay. So, and that actually really leads in a a good piece of SOAR's history, because we you know, eventually the two ARC organizations came together to become ARC Fox Cities. And then shortly thereafter, purchased a building here in Appleton, where a couple short blocks from you here. And in 2014, actually renamed and rebranded to SOAR Fox Cities. So SOAR is not an acronym, but it is an idea of how we operate and the things that we aim to do to help our participants live their best and most independent lives. All right. So who is your your primary client that you're serving? So our primary client, um, and primary is a great word to use there, primary client is youth and adults living with developmental or intellectual disabilities. We're not diagnosis specific. So, you know, we serve people and kiddos and adults that are living with autism or cerebral palsy or fragile X syndrome or learning disability, generalized, things like that. So we can serve anyone and everyone living with a developmental or intellectual disability. Okay. And... What are what are the services? What do how do how does SOAR help? So services, and I will keep this as brief as I can because we do we do a lot. Um, we ain't got to be that brief. True, we this got is time. true. So we, I mean, we have upwards of so we have like eight service areas that we provide services in. We have youth services, and that includes. In school activities, so we work with six local school districts to provide classroom education and activities, after school activities. We have several summer programs that we do for youth. One that was just recently launched last year that's more of a camp-esque type program where kiddos are with us for up to 12 hours a day and out in the community and doing some really cool things. Then we have our adult program. So with our adult program, we do adult education. And those can range from our favorite classes are like cooking and baking. They're also the staff and building's favorite classes because they make our building smell amazing. But if they do baking at 9 a.m., you're eating lunch at about 10 a.m. because it smells so good. Um, <laughs> it's That's the downside, the one downside. But all the way to through like healthy relationships and how to have how to be a good workplace colleague. Hygiene, cleaning, community safety. We partner with Valley Transit on travel training and how to get around in your community so you can be a more active member in your community. So then also for adults, we provide social and recreation opportunities. You know, this day and age with technology, it isn't necessarily easy for any adult to get out there and be social. But when you live with a developmental or intellectual disability, it can be very isolating. So we provide social opportunities. One of our most popular is a monthly dance that we provide. Partnership with St. Mary's and Nina. Oh. About 100 people, usually a little bit more in attendance. Oh, that's a party. It is a party. We have a DJ snacks. Halloween just happened. So that's our most popular one. There's a contest and all of that stuff. So then we've talked about youth. We've talked about adults. We also provide 
family services. So before when we use that word priority, who is our primary service, we primarily serve people living with disabilities, but we also serve their families and caregivers. Or we say anyone living with, loving, or caring for someone living with a developmental disability. Caregiver burnout is a thing. It's a big thing. And, you know, we want to make sure that our caregivers, A, have opportunities to get breaks from caregiving, but also have opportunities to learn about the resources that exist for them and or how to navigate services in the area. I mean, that can be incredibly difficult, especially with disability services. When you get to talking about Medicaid, Medicare, engaging the counties, not every county necessarily operates the same. Right. So that can be tough for people to navigate. And then if they move counties, it's figuring out the systems. But we also want to provide family networking opportunities because you and I can talk a lot to people. Clearly, I talk a lot. But we want our families to be able to have access to their own social networks. And who better to learn from than their peers? So, you know, we do some family support groups where it's really about social networking. We do some large family events where it provides the person living with a disability a really awesome social event. But it provides the family an opportunity to network and learn from each other and learn from their peers who are also living with, loving, and caring for someone living with a developmental disability. That, that community aspect seems like it would be super important. Yes, it is. It is huge. Um, we talk a lot about the fact that it, it truly takes a village. One person's experience is one person's experience, but that experience can save someone else hours in and, and hours of frustration in navigating systems and little tidbits on on maybe this is how you do this better or here's a here's an easier way to access this resource or you know yesterday I just sat in on our parent support group our coffee connections group we call it and parents were helping another parent navigate guardianship for their loved one and navigate insurance for that loved one and benefit services and there is just so much to know about it that not one singular person can honestly grasp it all. What are some of the other resources that you find that you frequently have to work with to provide the best service? So we work often and or make referrals often to, you know, the county ADRCs. We work with the counties as closely or very closely, excuse me, um, especially for youth. Children's long-term support is a big partner of ours um, in making sure kiddos can get services that they need. You know, other resources really vary. Those are the, probably the two primary, but we also are working with what's called a MCOs or managed care organizations. So those can help adults access services, access care, um, long-term support. There's another system called IRIS, which is a more self-directed opportunity. And then those people, you know, it can help provide funding and access to services like ours or services like our other Similar partners in the community, so like Valley Packaging, they would be another organization that might work with IRIS um, participants and or managed care organizations. And likewise, we work with them. We have a lot of the same participants. What I, I feel like there's there's so many questions. Ask and so I'm, I'm just going to ask a really yeah. broad question that I, I'm hoping that like will help fill some gaps. And that would be like, what would the public, what would you think is important for the public to know about a, your organization, and then B, those those constituents that you're serving. Yeah. So we'll start with A and our organization. I, you know, one of the biggest things is 
Broadly speaking, our mission is to empower people living with differing abilities. And, you know, we have this vision where everyone in the community, regardless of ability or disability, however you want to label it, um, so long as it's respectful, can have the opportunity to craft their page in the larger book of life. You know, that is that is overall, that is our goal. And in doing so, we want to be a resource. You know, if you have questions, if you are an employer that wants to know how to recruit and employ someone who's living with a disability, we are there for you. If you are a family member that just simply needs support navigating services, we're there for you and we're going to connect you to a network. If you are a person that's living with a disability and you want to, you know, up your skills, if you want to live independently someday, or if you want to learn how to self-advocate for yourself and get connected in that respect, you know, we're there for you. Our, we hang our hat on being an education and community resource to people who are living with, loving, caring for, serving the disabilities community in general. I mean, overall, we talk a lot about the disabilities community and the fact that it is one of the largest minorities in the United States. So I think it is... I think I have this written down here. There's about 54 million Americans living with at least one disability. So what that actually does is make the make disabilities or people living with a disability the largest minority group in the nation. And it is also one of the only minority groups that you can join at any time through accident, illness. Uh, many people are born with disabilities, but also if you look into aging, often disabilities come with aging and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's something that's really close to all of us because it can be right around the corner without us even knowing. Right. That was really profound what you just said, because you're right. At any given time, you could find yourself part of that demographic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that's pretty amazing. Can you please share with us, you know what, let's just go for the story. Let's yeah. make it story time. Could you please share with us a story that helps the Appleton Engage listeners best understand what your organization does and, and how do you serve your constituents? Absolutely. So I have, I have two. They, you know, snowball off of each other. They play off of each other. I mean, the first one is... It's a story about someone that we serve uh, through adult education. They live with a developmental disability, like I said, and they take part in our cooking and baking classes uh, because they want to increase their skills in what they're doing there. And we actually learned through their participation in our program that uh, they, while they did great in our classes, they could use all of the tools, they could execute the skills, they could cook meatloaf or whatever it was that we were cooking that day really, really well on site in our facility. However, we learned when he was going home that he would, he was terrified of using his own equipment. He didn't even use the microwave. So Ooh. he was eating cold soup, shopping at deli, um, and he lived on a fixed income. So that income doesn't go far when you're buying things from the deli. That's expensive. Um, but also like raw beef sandwiches. And I grew up in a very German household. So like cannibal sandwiches are a thing around the holidays. But that's by choice and by background. He was doing it because he was terrified to cook. And then, 
you know, we learned that about this person and we said, okay, so what, what can we do? Cause this is not healthy. Like you are not, you're not living your best life. What do we need to do to help you out here? And actually a couple of my staff just took the initiative to create a microwave cooking class so they could help him learn how to use his microwave. And, you know, they said just so we can get you eating some healthy stuff and then maybe it will make your budget not so tight because you don't have to live off the deli. You know, you can at least maybe buy some microwave dinners if they're on sale or something to that respect. So created this microwave cooking class, got him to go through the class and then learned that they were then cooking at home and at least using the microwave a little bit. So I love, I mean, I love this story because it, it touches on the basic needs things that we are serving that aren't always talked about with the disabilities community and the fact that this person lived independently while on a very, very fixed income and also lived with a disability with very little support and truly needed help with the basic need of eating. And I am also incredibly proud of my team in this because they just took the initiative and said, all right, he needs this. We're creating this. Boom, it was done like two months later and he was going through that. So on top of that, I have just a quote couple of quotes maybe that I might share from, or that I'd like to share from some of our participants. I mean, one is, so this is a young woman who is, for all the challenges and barriers that her disability can create in her life, she is amazing. You know, and we, so we asked her once, like, so what's your favorite part about SOAR? What does SOAR do for you? And how does it help you change your life? And she's like, well, I am pretty independent. That is, after all, what you promote here at SOAR. So no matter what your ability, you can be independent. And, you know, she takes that. She lives that. She attends lots of our classes. And, you know, she that is her mantra. I've heard her say it multiple times. And I'm like, absolutely. It, it doesn't matter what your ability is. You can you can do what you want to do. Sometimes you just need support. And that's all right. You know, that's why places like SOAR exist. So another one really on top of that, that's from a participant that um, is near and dear to my heart is, um, she actually did a work placement by us. So we supported her through, I think, six or eight weeks. She did some office work for us, a couple hours a day. And at the end, we interviewed her about having a job and how that helped her. Um, and she said, whatever the goal you want to do, just get out there and try. Whatever kind of disability you have, you can still do it. You just got to find a way. Those are fantastic quotes. Like, I literally got goosebumps. They... I. <laughs> I will get teary-eyed, um, not to get like sappy or anything. I just, I will get, I just am so like, I'm so amazed and proud and honored. And like, it's amazing to be able to create this kind of change in someone's life. And I mean, beyond that, like, I, you know, as the executive director, I'm not always doing hands-on stuff. I am more so, I have a team of uh, 14 people that are doing the hands-on stuff and I get to be... I'm just so proud of the things that they do and how my team impacts this community and impacts people living with disabilities or varying abilities. What's the reach? Uh, like, do you serve just the city of Appleton or is there the county, multiple counties? So so we serve the tri-county area, Calumet, Outagamie, northern Winnebago County. But with that, I will say we do have people that come to us for some of our programs from a seven-county area. Um, we have a couple. One of our programs I didn't talk before was we do a camp program in the summer and in the fall. And in the summer, we actually go to Onaway Island for a week. So we, if, if anyone's familiar with Onaway Island, it's up in Chain of Lakes, Wapaka, 
the Bur- Boys and Girls Brigade actually owns it, and we rent it from them. And so we have people from seven counties, as far north as Shawano County, as far south as Fond du Lac County, that join us for that camp. Are there any upcoming initiatives, events? Do you have legacy events associated with SOAR? We do. So our most popular legacy event is actually a golf outing. We do a golf outing. It is every July. Um, we do it at Royal St. Pat's. Usually, or I shouldn't say usually, last year it raised about $45,000 um, to support SOAR programs. We had 119 golfers. Royal St. Pat's is a beautiful course out in Wrightstown. Um, and we've hosted the event there for going on seven or eight years now. It's actually... This coming year, or this year, 2024, will be 33 years. It'll be our 33rd golf outing. Um, we also do, in the fall, we do another fundraiser called the Amazing Fund Racer. Uh, so it's modeled after the Amazing Race, which I think is on, like, CBS. But we do, like, the Fox Valley version. Okay. Yeah. That sounds fun. It is. We just um, we just hosted it in October of 2023, and we had I think we had 21 teams. Can't remember how many host sites we had, but the videos of the teams, like if you check out our Facebook page, they had a blast. Um, one of my board members dressed up as the cat in the hat. We had other team <laughs> members. Yeah, it was. It's amazing. Is there anything the community can do to be helpful? Yes. So. We, I mean, the gift of money is always appreciated. I always talk about the gift of money. Um, We actually are expanding our youth programs in the moment. So that will, you know, require space. It will require staff. So we will need to fund that. Um, But on top of the gift of money, the gift of time sometimes is just as valuable to us. As I mentioned before, we have 14 or 15 employees, if you include me. But we serve roughly 1,200 people directly. Whoa, 1,200? Yep, 1,200. Then that's just people living with disabilities. Some of our other programming that we do in the community, like working with employers or community education, we touch the lives of about 19,000 people throughout the Fox Valley region and throughout that tri-county area. So doing that with just 14 people is impossible. So yeah. <laughs> so, so we, you know, we depend on, on volunteers. Volunteer opportunities can range from coming and helping with our cooking and baking classes. I mean, you stand right next to some of the people who shared the quotes before. Helping them learn how to make lasagna or quiche or whatever it is that they're cooking that day to make our buildings smell amazing. Or, you know, you can get involved on on a corporate level if you are looking for something for team building and coming in and doing projects for us or helping out at a special event. Um, We actually have a lot of corporations that come or businesses that get involved with the golf outing and spend the day out on the course with us. I mean, what's a better way to volunteer and, you know, get together and do something with your team? Also, do those employers also reach out to you for opportunities? They do. So we um, have engaged kind of, it's this two-way street. Many employers will engage with us from a, from a volunteer perspective, and then we will in turn say, hey, are you interested in this? And vice versa. We have had volunteer, or excuse me, businesses or employers reach out and say, we're really interested in X, Y, and Z. Or, I mean, a big thing that we do, and especially as of late with quite a few large employers is... Employers want to diversify their workforces. You know, that's, yes. that is something that we have talked about. And people living with disabilities are largely unemployed. I mean, they are one of the most under and are underemployed minority groups that is in existence. So, and the thing is, they want to work. And they're so proud to work. So employers will reach out, 
saying, hey, we want to we want to employ someone with disability, but we don't know how, you know, and it and I understand that that's a weird thing. Like, how do you employ someone as an employer? But, right. you know, there uh, people living with disabilities are a protected class. And I think there's misnomers from the past as to how to be a good workplace for someone living with a disability. And there are questions that people have sometimes that if you aren't closely related to someone or know someone or work someone work with someone living with disability, right. you don't ask that question. Right. You're, you don't know. There's a safety part, yep. right? You don't want to sound ignorant. Absolutely. And, but you're really curious and yep. you want to become educated, but you're, you're not going to put yourself out there so then you cause harm. Yeah. And that that is exactly it. That's the amazing, succinct way. I'm going to borrow that <laughs> the next time I talk to an employer. But yeah, so we open the door and we say, hey, like, ask those questions. You are not you're not going to hurt our feelings. We're here to help you be a great landing spot right. to yeah. diversify your workforce and help you out. That's fantastic. Who can people contact if they want to learn more? Because this sounds like a great engagement opportunity for our community. It It's amazing. So the long and short of it is, I mean, you can contact our office. Our general email is info at soarfoxcities.com. You can get me directly at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at soarfoxcities.com or call us. General, general phone number is 920 920- Seven three one nine eight three one. I'm at extension one one six. So by all means, come directly to me. Otherwise, chat with Leah or Kari or my team members that answer the phone, and you know they'll get you to the right spot, depending on what you're looking for. And if you're not sure what you're looking for, just ask me. Just ask for me. <laughs> there it's you fine. go. You said you'll you'll help get them in the right yep. place. I will direct you to the right amazing person. And you can, I mean, you can check out our Facebook. It's where we share a lot of our stories. Lots of pictures, videos about, you know, our participants and the things that they're doing in the community and in our programming. Um, And our website goes really in depth to how you can volunteer, how you can get involved, um, how you can get give back in that respect, if that's what you're interested in. You know, and it talks a lot more about our programming and our history. So that's at SoarFoxCities.com. Is there anything we forgot to ask that we should have asked that you would like to share? You know, I think the one thing that I we didn't really talk much about was our role in advocacy and the role that all the listeners can play in advocacy. And, you know, like I mentioned, that people living with disabilities or the disabilities community is the largest minority. However, they are unfortunately often the most overlooked minority um, insofar as, you know, community inclusion or things like that. So you can every day be an advocate. I mean, if you feel so moved, you can go to your employer and say, hey, you need to talk to Aaron at Store Fox Cities about how we diversify our workforce. Or you can simply be kind to someone and help them live an inclusive life. If you see someone living with disability down at the local coffee shop, say hi, engage them. Smile. Um, smile and be kind. I mean, I am I'm borrowing that from Nami, who we share a building with, but truly it is be kind. And engage in that conversation. You're gonna learn a lot. Yes. <laughs> no doubt. Okay. Hey Aaron. Yes. It's shout out time. Yes. Whoop whoop. That's right. <laughs> so First and foremost, I have to and love to give this shout out. So we are a United Way partner organization. And I I mean, I love United Way Fox Cities and I love how supporting United Way supports us as well as a number of other nonprofits. Very, very proud partner organization. But I also, 
you know, beyond that, I got to give some shout outs to my staff. I think I did that a little bit already, but they truly are amazing. Like it is, I am, I am blessed to have this team of people that they're passionate. They are talented. They're amazing. And they're fun. I mean, we have a lot of fun in our office. So I truly have to give a shout out to them. A shout out to our board members. I have an amazing board that steps up when I need them to. And and, and beyond that is just there. They're always there. They're amazing. Um, and our volunteers, again, 14 staff, 1,200 people being served. Without our volunteers, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, we couldn't do that. So I have to give a shout out to them. And then, so there are so many other organizations, businesses, I mean, that we partner with, collaborate with that are amazing to our participants and get engaged in our program. So, and I would love to do a shout out to every single one of them, but that probably pushed this episode to being about two hours long. <laughs> so, so collaboratively, I will just say like a shout out to the Fox Valley and everyone within the Valley, businesses, individuals, volunteers, government um, entities that support the disabilities community and keep them at the table. You know, they keep the disabilities community's narrative going and give them a voice. So shout out. Thank you, Erin. You're welcome. All right. Well, Appleton Engaged listeners, it's that time we're going to start wrapping up the show just want to say thank you for spending time with us and giving us your minds and your ears and taking time to learn about another amazing resource in our community. We are a work in progress. We're always trying to get better. And you you already know what we would like to say is please, please, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know if there's anything uh, you think we could do to help improve Appleton Engage. Also, if you would like to be a guest or if you would like to recommend a guest, please reach out to us at diversity at appleton.org. Once again, that is diversity at appleton.org. And uh, Appleton Engage listeners, I have one more ask of you, and that is please take a moment, and while you're listening to this podcast, hit the, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. What this does is it helps to improve our analytics. We think we have something very, very special here and something that is truly making a better community for us all. And we would like more people to learn about Appleton Engage podcast. All right. And at this time, we're going to wrap things up. And we will end with, until next time, stay thoughtful, stay curious, and stay engaged. Mm-hmm.